Over the weekend, the Carolina Hurricanes extended their captain, Jordan Stahl, for four more years. And there's looking like there could potentially be a trade on the horizon for the Hurricanes. We will talk about all that in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked on Hurricanes on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Schnitker. How are you doing on this Monday morning, Andrew? I'm doing great. We are we are in the thick of it now. We are less than a week. The draft is this week. We are less than a week from the opening of free agency. Silly season is here. Yes, it is. And the thing that a lot of folks are talking about is the fact that the Carolina Hurricanes have finally inked their captain, Jordan Stahl, to a new extension. Uh, you know, this comes after, you know, his 10-year one finally came to an end. And, you know, we talked about this on Friday, uh, or excuse me, Saturday, of the two parties uh, being a ways away uh, on an extension. Uh, Stahl's camp had given the Hurricanes uh, multiple options, uh, but yet yeah, finally, yeah, they got something done. It was four years uh, with a 2.9 AAV uh, for the first three years, along with a full no movement clause. And then in the final year of it, he goes down to uh, 775000 uh, and he can be moved with that. Uh, so yeah, it is a pretty team friendly deal. Uh, we figure, yeah, it salary wise, that's you know, kind of in the ballpark. We figured, uh, kind of where we'd be looking at with that. Uh, so the thing that surprised us most was the term. We were kind of thinking, you know, maybe two, three years, potentially, you know, just a one as well, but they just did four years. And I feel like, uh, especially with the way the final year of this deal is set up, that that was the way, that was the thing that they were having issues with of you know the hurricanes were wanting this amount of term stalls camp was wanting this and i feel that that's where the compromise was made on that final year uh where the hurricanes yeah we're gonna go almost the league minimum for salary and then the no movement clause uh is done on, on that one as well i feel like that was where the compromise was made well, and I think, you know, it's not a big surprise that this got done uh, relatively oh, yeah. quickly. You know, we, we, we knew both sides wanted this. Um, and look, NHL agents know how to use the media to help get things done. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a feeling that's what happened here. Um, all it really took was for us to record a podcast segment about it that same day. But, you know, the the term did surprise me at first, but you look at it. It's not a 35-plus contract. Jordan Stahl is still only 34. So that means, say Jordan Stahl retires before the contract is up, 
there's no cap penalty to the Hurricanes. It, it, the contract basically just goes away. So, mm-hmm. it, in essence, they gave Jordan Stahl a lifetime contract to ensure that he retires a Hurricane. I, I think that's what everybody wanted. I think that's what he wants. You know, he wants to be here. He wants to try to win here. His family wants to be here in the community. Um, and I think as of right now, that $2.9 million number is a really good number for the Hurricanes with Jordan Stahl. That's a little less than half of what he was making on his previous deal. He's still one of the very best shutdown centers in the NHL. You look at what the Hurricanes do night in, night out in terms of lining him up against the opposition's best players when you have the chance. You look at uh, the New Jersey series in the second round, the way that he made uh, really just made Jack Hughes a non-factor in the games at PNC. I mean, I, know I said this on Twitter, I'm, I'm paying 2.9 million for that every day of the week and twice on Sundays. I mean, easily. I mean, he, he still brings some secondary scoring still. I mean, but you know, you can argue between him and Jacob Slavin, you know, the key guy on that hurricanes penalty kill that's been among the best in the league. He played over two minutes a game shorthanded last year. So yes, he's 34. But Jordan Stahl still brings a ton to the table right now. I think in the here and now, if, if you just get the Jordan Stahl you got last year, I think $2.9 million is a bargain. And even if, you know, as the deal goes along, he keeps playing, he drops off a bit, his role reduces, he becomes more of a third-line center, it's not the end of the world because the cap should start going back up again. So two point nine is never really going to be an egregious number for Jordan Stahl. Yeah, and also, yeah, I think you meant to say fourth line center there because he already is the third line center. Yeah, if he, if he drops uh, to the fourth line. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it's not a bad deal as well. You know, I was talking to my dad about this uh, the other day, uh, and it does feel like the Hurricanes, you know, something he mentioned uh, with, you know, like Kobe Bryant's like final deal, they treated him really well with that, uh, you know, kind of as a thank you, you know, for everything he did for the Lakers and, you know, some of this, you know, because again, we do feel like, yeah, some compromises were definitely made on the hurricanes end uh, for this deal. And simply as you know, a bit of a thank you. Yeah. Maybe they were wanting to obviously again, you know, probably less term, uh, but you know, like, Hey, you know, let, let's do this. And, you know, deal was made and yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a fine deal. I'm not too worried about it, you know, because, yeah, he plays such a big role defensively, and he is, what'd you say, 34 years old? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's 34 years old, but he also takes really stinking good care of himself, you know, kind of like Brent Burns. Like, yeah, he, he's kind of up there in age, especially as a hockey player, uh, but he also takes really good care of himself, too. So, you know, 34 on you know, him it may not be as bad as 34 on you know, whoever else that doesn't take as good care of themselves. And he's shown like he still got stuff left in the tank too. Well, and who, what, what better coach to help a player, you know, take care of his body and manage his fitness and his conditioning and his health as he ages than Rod Brindamore. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you know, and... you factor in, you've got Bill Berniston, you know, does a really good job as Hurricanes trainer. And you just mentioned Brent Burns, you know, he's here, he's under contract for the next two years. So certainly there's things that I'm sure Stahl can learn from him in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yep, hundred and ten percent. And yeah, you also you have a coach that played for a very very long time. Not a guy, yeah, you know, he played yeah you know, for a few years and then you know transitioned to coaching. No, he played for a really long time. He knows what it's like to play as an older guy too, and that can definitely be something that can help stall uh, and. Burns and you know so many of these other guys that are you know getting up there in age. That's going to be great uh, for them there. But yeah, at the end of the day, we're not surprised that this deal got done by any stretch. We knew it would. We knew he was not going to leave, uh, with the one exception being, you know, does he you know go you know play with his brothers if a deal doesn't get done. We knew it would at the end of the day, and I'm glad it got done, you know, because that's our captain. You know, he's been here for 11 years now. He's going to finish out his career here, and you love to see it. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, um, you know, he's, he's kind of become, you know, he's never been a flashy scorer, but just with his two-way play and his leadership and everything else, as long as he's been here uh, 11 years now, he's become one of the better forwards in franchise history in team history franchise history just with everything that he's done but I said this too he's gonna end up if he plays I think at least the first two years of this deal playing more seasons as a hurricane than Eric Stahl did who could have ever imagined that that you know back in like the early or late 2000s early 2010s that that would ever happen um and two, I think if he plays like 160 some games, basically a shade over two full seasons on this deal, Jordan Stahl will actually be the Hurricanes' all-time team leader in games played. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so uh, like that's also really cool. more than likely going to happen. No, oh, yeah, 100, percent it's going to happen. Uh, and I do think you know with. Uh, this deal uh, as well. Obviously, it'll be you know, years and years down the road, of course. But you got to figure, all right, you know, he's going to play you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, fi- 15 seasons as a hurricane going from the dark days into you know, what we're in now. You got to figure you know, at number 11, that's going to go up in the rafters as well um, at some point, you know, down the road in the late 2020s. Uh, but man, it's going to be, it's really cool that it finally got done. That That's for sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy to see this. Um, I, I think this is the outcome that everybody wanted. Yeah, hundred percent. Definitely what we're all wanting. Uh, and then now moving on to something that folks probably don't want to see especially from what i'm seeing on social media is the hurricanes potentially trying to trade to reacquire tony d'angelo we will talk about that trade uh and all the developments that have gone on with that over the weekend and today from what andrew was telling me before we started recording right after this quick break folks Now, folks, it's getting hot, so if you need your AC fixed, go to eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about 
making sure every player is a perfect fit. The same goes when it comes for your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available for U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, this is going to be something that we're going to be talking about for a while, Andrew, because we both have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, And it came out over the weekend uh, that the Carolina Hurricanes were potentially going to trade for Tony D'Angelo from the Philadelphia Flyers, bringing him back uh, in a deal that really makes no sense. You know, we're going to take all the off-ice stuff off the table here. You know, just on the ice, this does not make sense of why they would want to do this. They are set on the right side. And you know, you brought Brent Burns in to be that replacement on that top pairing after they traded him away. And I, he is also, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good offensively, but defensively, he's just a liability and he's a traffic cone out there. And, yeah, we've all seen the highlights of Sebastian Ajo, you know, destroying him defensively, and you know, so many other players doing it as well. It just does not make sense of why they would want to do this. And you know, it came out, you know, further, you know, as more and more details came out over the weekend that Philly was going to retain fifty percent of his, I believe it was. 5 million cap hit. So, you know, they would retain 2.5. Uh, and that's, you know, the Hurricanes would do the other. But yeah, it just does not make sense of why they would want to do it. You know, uh, you know, you had mentioned, you know, potentially, you know, being the Gostas Bear replacement and, you know, moving uh, Chatfield over to the left on that third pairing. But man, like it, it just feels like it would be a step back uh, on their defensive pairs if they were to do this. Yeah, I'll talk about why I think the Hurricanes are looking at doing this and the the you know the similar reservations to you that I have. Um, you know, obviously, I think the thought is Shane Gostisbehere is going to walk in free agency. He's going to be one of the top defensemen on the market. He's probably going to get upwards of $5 million a year. The Hurricanes obviously are not going to pay that for a guy in their third pair. And so they need, you know, that third pairing guy who can move the puck, create offense, and quarterback a power play. And look, Tony D'Angelo is a really, really good power play quarterback. There's no question about that. I, you know, you look at what he did the year before. 
with the Hurricanes. Uh, 51 points overall, 10 goals, 20 power play points. Even in you know what was considered a bad year for him in Philly last year, 11 goals, 42 points, 19 power play points. So I think the thing they're looking at is like, you put Brent Burns as the quarterback on one unit and Tony D'Angelo on the other. Yeah, that, that's probably going to give you two pretty good power play units. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. The issue, again, that comes in for me is Tony D'Angelo as a five-on-five defender is not good. Not at all. Even with the Hurricanes, you know, it was he was buoyed pretty well by playing next to Jacob Slavin, um, carrying him defensively. But even then, pretty clear he wasn't cutting it defensively. Uh, last year with Philly, he had a horrible year in that regard. I know plus minus isn't every, everything, but and, you know, Philly was a bad team overall, but he was a minus 27. I mean, there were some metrics, I think, that showed him as one of the worst uh, defensive defensemen in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So now you bring him here. Yes, you can shelter him some on the third pairing. Um, but, you know, Chatfield isn't Slavin. I feel like asking one of them to play their offside all year isn't ideal because, as I said, we've got that log jam on the right side with Burns, Pesci, Chatfield. Um, and, yeah, you know, we talked a lot about last year. And, look, the, the third pairing was going to take a step back, I think, from Shane Goss to spare because he's overqualified for a third pairing role. Yeah, uh, Really good puck mover, better defensively than we thought. But I think last year, especially once you had him, you finally had it to the point where Rod Brindamore could roll three D pairings and rely on his third pairing more to do what he wanted and play well at both ends of the ice and not have to shelter them as much. And if you, if you have Tony D'Angelo on your third pairing, you've got to like, you know, do some serious sheltering at five on five, especially, you know, once you get into the playoffs and you've got, you know, the matchup game. So, I mean, like I said, there, there's pros and cons. The pro is obviously, you know, his offensive ability, his ability to quarterback that second power play unit and do it well. We saw it the first year he was here. The cons are, you know, his defense, he's a defensive liability at five on five. You wouldn't be playing him with Jacob Slavin. You'd be forcing him or Chatfield to play on their offside. You'd really have to shelter that third pair. And all like things like to the point last year in Philly were like, they were healthy scratching him down the stretch. Like there was, I think a game where John Tortorella played five defensemen rather than playing Tony D'Angelo. So things totally bottomed out for him there. Uh, like we said, the hurricanes, if they get him would get him at 50% retained. And there's some hangups to this trade that we'll talk about um, in the next segment, but, and they're basically giving up nothing, but I don't know. I mean, like, do, do you really want to, you know, go out and get a guy who bottomed out with his previous team and they're basically looking to dump him. Um, yes, he, he, you know, things worked out pretty well with him when he was here before. Obviously there were no issues off the ice. Maybe, you know, playing here for Rod Brindamore is the best place for him, but just looking at the defensive limitations and, you know, how poorly things went for him in Philadelphia yeah, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around this one, um, other than, mm-hmm. again, you know, his obvious power play ability. Yeah, I agree there. And, you know, there was, again, just the defensive liability. I One thing uh, when he was here that I uh, kind of went back to a few times was it was, I forget when it was in the season, but it was a game against Pittsburgh. Uh, he was supposed to be on 
Sidney Crosby. And like he was not there. He was just on the other side of the rink. Crosby just goes down to the net and scores. And just completely left his man all alone. Uh, and yeah, just such a defensive liability. And I think it was in the playoffs. I don't remember. But, you know, one thing that just rubbed me the wrong way, too, was like when he threw like his stick at a guy. Uh, and I, I think it was either towards the end of the season or the playoffs. Like he was just really frustrated or whatever. Uh, and like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I no, like just a defensive liability. I just don't, I just don't want to deal with that again. Like you said, yeah, we knew the third pairing was going to take a step back this coming season. We knew that, but I just, I don't feel that this is the answer. And as you said, there's some potential hangups with this trade that could potentially make it not happen. And we will talk about that right after this quick break, folks. All right, folks, it's time to continue talking about this trade uh, that could potentially either happen or not happen. Uh, Over the weekend, it was said that there were some hangups with it. Uh, And... You know, now, uh, shortly before we started recording, Andrew elaborated a little bit more on those to me. So, Andrew, take it away on those. Yeah, so this is interesting. It's from Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic. Um, you know, the Hurricanes and Flyers basically had the agreement that the Hurricanes were going to send a low-level prospect. The Flyers would retain 50%. But the NHL took issue because... D'Angelo would be going back to the Hurricanes within a year of them trading his RFA rights to the Flyers. And there's some stuff in the CBA about a player returning to his original team within a year, especially on a retained salary, potentially being salary cap circumvention. The Flyers and Hurricanes both argued with the league about it, said, you know, the Hurricanes didn't sign his contract. The Flyers did last summer. And Chuck Fletcher, who was the GM who traded for D'Angelo and signed him, is gone. So how could it be circumvention? Uh, He said the league is going to talk to both teams at the draft in Nashville this week about it. And they'll either say, all right, you're right. It's not circumvention. You guys can go ahead and do it. Or they will ask them to wait until July 9th to make the trade following that 12 months rule, which if that's the case, you know, who knows if it if the trade would still work for both teams by then, you know, because that's over a week after free agency opens. So there's still some possibility that this doesn't happen because of all that. Yep, it's going to be a very interesting to, thing to follow because it's pretty evident that the Flyers want to trade uh, Tony D'Angelo to someone uh, and you know, just get him out of there. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, like you said, it does, you know, if, if, uh, they do have to wait, uh, to do it, it'll be interesting to see what the hurricanes do in free agency, you know, because they could be like, all right, you know, we're going to have this trade happening, you know, on the ninth, you know, let's just not even worry about it. Let's spend you know that money over here, you know, and just not even you know, do anything, you know, maybe potentially uh, pass on someone who could be a better fit. I'm not sure, you know, what the defenseman free agents team market is looking like at this moment. Uh, 
but yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch, uh, to see what happens, you know, who, who they could potentially get instead, or, you know, do they just wait this, you know, if they have to wait, just wait it out. Uh, because yeah, that's also something that wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they're, if the league asks them to wait, they'll be like, fine, you know, roll the eyes, whatever, you know, just wait a few days on it. Uh, and then do it anyway, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, if both teams, like, know they're going to do this and there's the agreement, like, I don't see why they wouldn't just wait, you know, but but other things can happen. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Shane Gostisbehere goes to free agency and doesn't find what he likes and comes struggles back to the Hurricanes and says, you know, hey, I'll stay. I don't see that happening because of everything I mentioned with his abilities and the lack of quality defensemen on the free agent market. I think he's going to get a good deal with somebody who's going to get him, give him top four minutes. But, you know, just for example, I mean, what, what is July 9th from now? Like well over like two, almost three weeks. I mean, today is June 26th. So it is one week. Yeah, it's a little over, yeah, about two weeks. That's a long time in the NHL offseason. A lot of different things could happen for that. I mean, the Hurricanes could make their trade for a forward or a scoring winger at the draft this week, and a different, you know, potential third-pairing defenseman, you know, gets thrown in when they get into those negotiations and they say, okay, we're good. So I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I think if nothing else materializes – and these teams know they wanted to make this trade anyway, there's no reason they wouldn't just wait and do it when the league says they can do it. But uh, uh, there, there's a lot that, of different things I think that could happen between now and then. And that's why, you know, like LeBron pointed out, they wait that long. Who knows what's going to happen? Or the Flyers want to trade Tony D'Angelo. They may not want to take the risk that in two weeks the Hurricanes are still going to want to do this. And they may, you know try to retain salary like they were going to do and flip him to someone else that they'd be allowed to flip him to other than the hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I could totally see that happening as well, because like I said, it's pretty evident uh, that they want to move on from him and get him out of Philly. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Cause as you were talking about, you know, at, uh, with the draft uh, the other day uh, when we had Matt, on the show, he's you know said that the Hurricanes poten- could potentially trade out of their number thirty pick, uh, trade that to you know, whoever, and like you said, you know maybe pick up a third pairing defenseman in that trade. That could be something that the Hurricanes decide to do, you know, shopping that pick around uh, and you know try to acquire a third pairing defenseman, you know, for that pick, and you know along with you know whatever else you know they happen to get. Uh, so. Yeah, two weeks, that's a long time. I could definitely see this trade not happening. Uh, I think you know, as the week progresses, especially when the draft, uh, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, I think we'll really know more then uh, as far as like, all right, will this happen? Will this not happen? Because of, like you said, that meeting that the league is going to have with the Flyers and Hurricanes. I think we'll really know more as the week progresses. Yeah, I mean, you, we don't know. The league might say, like, okay, fine, you guys are right. Go ahead. and You're going to do it anyway. Go ahead and do it. 
I'd be surprised just because when you have a rule like that and you start making exceptions to the to the rule, you, that that's a slippery slope to go down. So I'd, I'd mm-hmm. be surprised if the league was willing to do that. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. I, I really, really don't. You know, even if it is, you know, just like a, you know, just, you know, a few days shy uh, of a year, I just don't see that happening because we know how the NHL can be, you know, so I don't see that happening. Uh, I really, really don't. I think it's going to be like, all right, you guys got to wait till July 9th, whether you're, well, there's no cap circumvention at all. You got to, you got to wait, uh, you know, because, you know, again, like you said, you know, when you get into exceptions for rules, it becomes a slippery slope. I don't see it happen. I think if they're going to do this, they're going to have to wait until July 9th. So we'll see what happens with it. You know, whether the trade goes through, whether it doesn't, uh, whatever may happen, we will talk about it here on Locked on Hurricanes, as well as any other contract extensions, free agent signings, trades, Whatever, we'll be talking about it here. So make sure you're following the show on Twitter at LO underscore Hurricanes. Myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And Andrew on Twitter at schnitt 53 And we will talk to you guys in the next episode. You guys have a great Monday and a great week this week. And as always, let's go Canes.